Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. This is season one, episode two of the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, and I'm super excited today to have my special guest, Gavin Gillibrand of 8020 Lifestyle. Hi, Gavin. How are you doing today? I'm very well, Darren. Thanks for um, thanks for inviting me on. I'm excited to to chat with you and um, and share some stuff with your with your listeners. Yeah, excellent. So, just for the listeners' benefit, um, I came across uh, Gav and his partner Tom uh, around about six and a half, seven years ago now, and um, they've been quite instrumental in my whole kind of transformation. So. I'm really pleased that, that Gav's agreed to come on today, and I've got a lot of knowledge and information from these guys, so hopefully we can um, share some of that with you today. But before we crack on, Gav, can you just give us some background on, on you, because you've had quite a long uh, career in the, the health and fitness space. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess it all started, and we'll take it right back, um, always been interested in sport and being healthy all my life really featured very heavily at school and then long story short I went to um to uni did sports science at um university but then funny enough and I'm gonna you'll laugh at this you might know might know this Darren some of you might not know um I did my three years at uni but then fell into a very very different career right fitness and nutrition do you know this story Darren I don't no, I'm embarrassed to say. I've done some research, but not yet. I'm going back in 1993. I was 19. I actually went on blind date. Remember blind date? Oh really? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. With with the um the late great Silla Black. Wow. Long, long story short, I I won. Those right. I got picked, and the the famous comedian, the Irish comedian, was on at the same time as me, Ed Byrne. Right. Yeah, the Irish guy. Anyway, long story short, I got picked. Yeah. I, the way I blagged myself onto the show <clears throat> was I told everyone that I was a stripper. <laughs> okay. It's a true story, um, <laughs> which, was, which wasn't an entire, entirely a lie because literally a couple of months preceding actually going on to Blind Date, I'd actually been for an audition right, um, to become a stripper-gram. <laughs> Long story short, oh yeah, long story short, went on the show, ended up um, in my year off between A-levels and university, started working as a, as a kissogram, strippogram, right. gigs in pubs, going, you know, turning up as a, a fireman and a policeman or officer and gentleman. It was very popular back then. Yeah. And so fast forward to three years, instead of going into nutrition and sports science and personal training as I always thought I would, I ended up becoming – full-time male stripper for 15 years no way really that is a long time the full story yeah in in the meantime i kept doing nutrition courses kept okay. sharp saw with everyone highly trained until i moved to london which was uh 10 years ago when i was 35 and i thought well, i need to get back into the real world so yeah 15 years full-time career um so yeah so i'm um, 
a few of you got listeners are probably laughing now. I think, why has this guy got any relevance? What's this got any relevance? Yeah. Yeah. Some, but I was still, I still had a few clients during the day and I was still heavily involved in nutrition and staying in shape. Um, but it was 35, so 10 years ago that I moved to London from, I was living in Kings Inn at the time and then Peterborough, moved to London 10 years ago and worked full time for the last 10 years in um, central London in the city, Liverpool Street area, um, as a you know one-to-one personal trainer. So that's my background um, in terms of um, in terms of sport. And then since then, I've um, I've moved entirely online. So my business is entirely online, so I'm coaching clients all over the world. So yeah, in the last ten years, gained a lot of experience. Had a lot of you know, I think I've, I worked out I've done over fifteen thousand hours of one-to-one personal training for the last 10 years. So that's my background with a little funny story uh, thrown into uh, yeah. the mix as well. That's a, that's a very amusing story and, uh, yeah, one which I didn't know about. But I think when uh, I came across you was was around um, about 2012, I think it was, yes. um, when I started to really pay attention to to, to fitness and nutrition and, and to kind of give a bit of background on that is uh, 15 years I've been going to the gym three times a week you know blindly pushing weights no real plan and um, yeah for, for the listeners that already know um, I, I kind of was was invited to come into uh, to take part in a triathlon and from that point that's when I've kind of been hooked on uh, fitness and nutrition and really started to, to pay attention and the reason I say all of that was because Gavin and, and Tom's um, blog at the time was very instrumental in me making that initial change. And uh, I don't know if it's still up, uh, Gav. Is it? Is your Ultimate City Fitness blog still well, up? Um, what, what happened? It's kind of morphed. It's um, yeah, that was the original company. So um, Tom and I started working together. Yes, it was 2012 that I started doing a weekly a weekly newsletter, which you would have been on that newsletter, um, yeah. and then the business. Ultimate City Fitness became eighty twenty lifestyle, which I am uh, right. sole owner of that now. The the blog has actually gone from strength to strength from from a weekly email back in two thousand twelve. I moved to twice a week, then I moved to three times a week. Currently, yeah. I'm five five times a week. So the blog is actually on eighty twenty lifestyle dot com, which funny enough, today as of today, will be changed over to gavgillibrand dot com. Right. Okay. So, You've that you migrated the site over as we speak. The guy's working on it. So by probably by the end of the day, it's Gav Gillibrand. But so all the newsletters and all the daily emails are on that site. Um, but yeah, the the, the, the newsletter or, the, or they're now daily emails rather than a weekly newsletter, five days a week is, is instrumental in, in building building my business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, is, it was fantastic for me because much like the majority of the guys listening to this, I was always searching for, um, you know, the, the the kind of one thing that you needed to do in order to, um, you know, drop the weight and get your six-pack abs and all that kind of stuff. But actually, the, the, the information that you put out is very simple, very basic, and very straightforward, but very effective. And that's kind of why I was I was drawn to the stuff that you kept putting out, the content you put out every week. So, so yeah, that's been like I said, that's very been instrumental, particularly around around my nutrition. So, 
Gav's approach is is very simple. That doesn't mean to say that it's it's you know the information is crap. It's very very good and it's very effective. So on that basis, Gav, do you want to just go through some of the things that you think that is very important, like the real basics that the listeners and the guys can kind of get a hold of today and actually start implementing today? Absolutely. Well, I think the problem. Um, let's look at the problem, then we'll look at maybe the solution. I think the problem with in the fitness and the health and fitness industry as a whole is that there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of information that is sort of pushed down our throats by magazines, um, particularly celebrities and the news. It's it's really duff information that people are fed. And the the bottom line, um, and I would say I've drawn more towards this in the last couple of years. I've always known it was... uh, um important but in terms of losing weight and that's my sort of specialty and that's i mean i would say that most people most guys and girls if you said do you want to lose weight nearly everyone would say yeah i want to lose at least a couple of pounds that's a fair sort of assumption but as you mentioned before in the the beginning most people go to the gym blindly and have no idea what they're yeah absolutely you know one the food they should be eating just to fuel themselves. And two, they've no idea of the amount of foods they're taking in. So they're, they're, they're massively overeating and then wondering why they're not getting results from the gym. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so so, so the, the information that I really focus on now, and obviously I'm, I'm entirely online, so I'm, I'm coaching clients. I've currently got a client that's just finished with me, lives in Australia. I've got a client in America and all over the UK at the moment. So I'm not actually seeing these clients in, in person. So I'm not doing any training with them. And I've realized over the years now that the training aspect is really the icing on the cake. Of course, we want to get people moving yeah. and because of all the health benefits. But in terms of losing body fat or losing weight or however you want to look at it, the calories are everything. So that yeah. the first thing I tell everyone, we have to know how many calories you're eating. And that means tracking them. Mm-hmm. That means tracking them, using something as simple as MyFitnessPal or any of those trackers. And a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't really want to track my calories and it's time consuming. Well, the truth is it takes five less than five minutes a day. It does, yeah. It's not time consuming. And two, if you can lose weight without tracking your calories, awesome. But the reality is most people can't because it's a simple equation. If you're eating more food than you need – yeah, calorie surplus, you will gain weight or at least stay the weight you are. If you eat less than you, fewer calories than you burn, you're in what we call a deficit. You will lose weight. That's so. If someone says I've tried everything, but I just can't lose weight, the answer lies in the calories they're consuming, not from the activity they're doing. Because the the, the way I like liken to liken to it is, if someone went for a jog, a one hour jog, yeah, how many calories would they burn roughly in an hour? Maybe what 500, 600 maybe. Yeah, they're lucky, yeah. yeah. They're lucky, but 400, if, if, if that went for a normal jog. But you could cut 400 calories from your diet by just not eating a couple of snacks. So it's a lot easier to reduce your calories by 400 calories than by from a nutritional standpoint rather than going for a one-hour jog. So yeah. the nutrition is the key. So that's the, the, the biggest thing. If I can teach that to someone – in week one of a coaching program. Yeah. And once they really get that, once they really understand that it's calories in, calories out, of course, 
the, the source of those calories will, you know, drive behavior and they'll dictate which hormones are switched on, which possibly could. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, it's down to calories. So does that does that help? Does that yeah, yeah no, that's, that's, it, there's a couple of things in there as well. Um, and um, one of the things that I tell the guys over in the community, and that is for the first two weeks, if you're coming to this cold and you've not really done any exercise before and you've never really paid attention to your diet, I'm telling the guys to just don't do any exercise for the first two weeks, track your diet, See where your calories are and you will be amazed at what you're consuming and where all the macronutrients are and then just adjust your diet first, then do your exercise. Because the majority of people that I see, particularly in gyms and at this time of year more than ever, is are, and, and I don't want to sound derogatory, but they are massively overweight. And they, they go on the machines and they do steady state cardio. And this is why people, I think, give up at the end of the month because they get demoralized and they have not achieved anything. Well, you're not going to achieve anything if you still keep filling filling your face with, you know, crap food and, and rubbish carbs. Hundred percent. And this is the way this is the way I try and describe it to clients in the beginning. Is um, let's say um, you're the manager of a bank, Darren. Okay, <clears throat> I'm the owner of the bank. I come to you at the end of the year, and I say to you, "Did we make any money this year?" And you say to me, well, I think we did. You know, we took a lot of money in. Yeah. And a lot of money went out, but I didn't record anything. So I, th- I think we made some money. And that's exactly the same with someone's nutrition. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. We know that you have to, the only way to lose weight, not the best way, yeah. the only way to lose body fat is to be in a deficit, which means you're eating fewer calories than you're burning. Yeah. If- you've no idea how much you're taking in mm-hmm. it's just it's just guesswork and you're right that's why someone could go to the gym three or four times a week get 12 you know 16 sessions in by the end of january and have yeah. not lost a pound yeah now, by mm-hmm. default most people probably would lose a couple of pounds because naturally they end up end up cutting their calories. Just are they? What usually happens is that most people say, "Right, I'm I'm cutting all the fat out and I'm reducing all carbs." And we know it's nothing to do with cutting fat or carbs. You need fat and carbs. It's the calories. So by default, they've just cut their calories, but they don't know why or how. Yeah. So absolutely. And, and one of the biggest things, calories. Yeah. Sorry, to, to talk over you uh, but one of the biggest things that i found gab when when i first started tracking is we automatically assume that you know we're eating good meals and we might be eating three meals a day but it's what you eat in between those meals yeah, sure. and, actually, and actually you can end up eating the equivalent of more than a meal just in snacking Absolutely. Um, and that was one of the biggest biggest things that, that i found really but what? no yeah Sure, a lot of people mis misreport or don't realize what they're doing. So when when I get someone to track their calories, I literally mean everything, and that means every mouthful of maybe you know baby food or a little half a biscuit that your son's left. All these different things all add up. Now people say, "Well, that wasn't that much," or you know the two beers you had at the weekend. Everything, and there was a um, I can't remember who the study was by, but I saw a really good graphic by a nutritionist called alan arrogan i don't know if you've heard of him no i've not heard of him um one of he's one of the top sort of evidence-based nutritional researchers on on instagram and i I have to pull up the study at some point 
But he said um, there was this study where they looked at people that were supposedly only eating 1,200 calories a day. Yeah. And that these are the guys that were said, you know, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm only eating 1,200 calories, but I can't lose weight. Yeah. It turns out that on average, they were under-reporting by nearly 1,000 calories. <laughs> because I, I, can, I can tell you this, unless you're only five stoned, yeah. If you're eating 1,200 calories a day, you will lose weight. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a given because that's a, a very small amount of calories to be having. So the, the point is that there's so many people that even the ones that are tracking calories, yeah. uh, maybe they're not tracking them. They're not necessarily lying to themselves. They just don't realize that everything counts. Yeah. So there's a place of tracking them badly or misreporting, yeah. not intentionally, yeah, just just you know, recording sloppily and not realizing that every single thing counts. Like if you grab three nuts, yes, there's twenty, thirty, forty calories there that you just have to account for. Yep. So there we go. Yeah, it's just having it's it's being conscious and it's having that awareness. And that might sound a little bit kind of, well, of course I'm aware of what I'm eating, but you're not. You, you kind of, you're unconscious. You do these things that kind of are default in the back of your mind. You might come into the kitchen, like you just said there, Gav, if, if, if the kids left half a biscuit or, you know, or they've got a bit of some of their dinner left, oh, I'm just going to finish that. That's not going to make any difference. And you just forget about that. But that is all calories in versus what you're, what you're, um, yeah, spelling it what's going out so so that's 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 kind of very high level diet side of things Gav so around the fitness side of things so let's assume we, we've tracked that for two weeks and we you know we, we know where we're at with our calories so, so do we then we just join a gym and we just start doing a bit of running we start going on the elliptical trainer and we lift a few weights what what's kind of the, the what's your recommendations around that side of things sure well of course it, it, all depends on the client and the starting point and and I'll, I'll give you some some context to that let's look at this the person that's massively overweight let's look at someone that was like maybe like yourself Darren back in the day 17 stone you know you're 12 stone so you've lost five five stone of body fat haven't you yeah so let's look at the average guy I work with a lot of guys that are 16 17 stone yeah and you know if someone has done no movement for the last five to ten years yeah, it's going to be unwise for them to be smashing out the weights three or four times a week. So yeah. again, it all depends on the starting point. If someone is going from zero, something as little as tracking their calories and then walk going for a two or three mile walk twice a week, that could be a great start. Okay, but let's flip that around. Let's go with some some guy that's seventeen stone. Yet you know he's used to doing weight training three or four times a week, but just can't seem to lose the weight, he absolutely would be tracking his calories and lifting weights. So we know that weight training is the number one fat burner because yep. it's building lean body mass and that lean body mass is expensive in terms of the metabolism on the body. So it, what I mean by that is it's going to take more calories to sustain that muscle, which is why someone that with more muscle mass can tend to eat a lot more food someone that has less muscle mass because it's metabolically expensive so the, the context is there so depending on the starting point just moving around the block could be a great start for someone but if you're looking if you're asking me what is the number one the best way to burn body fat it's lifting weights now cardio is important 
But if you think about it, cardio just means heart and lungs. That's all cardio respiratory is short for heart and lungs. So if you're doing weight training and you're doing squats, deadlifts, bench press, all the sort of typical, you know, multi-joint exercises, compound exercises, you're going to be working your heart and lungs anyway. So you're doing cardio, whether you think you're doing cardio or not. Just, I mean, somewhat, I think the, the lines have been blurred. A lot of people think, well, I'm not running or jogging or swimming or cycling or cross trainer or all these typical cardio based activities. Of course, they are cardio, but anything that get, that raises the heart rate, which weight training will do, is cardio as well. So we want to focus on obviously the calories we've mentioned, but lifting body, lifting weights or um, resistance training is is where you want to start. But of course, the starting point depends on yes. the individual and where they are in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the natural reaction to, to going to the gym or starting to exercise or upping your exercise is that we just need to go hard and fast. And as long as we're either, you know, puffing or, or, or we're sweating, then, then we must be, you know, we must be doing something good. And, and it's having that, again, intelligence and awareness to think, no, actually, OK, what what is it that I'm trying to do here? And I, I don't know about you, Gab, but I think that's the other biggest factor is, why are you doing what you're doing and what is it you want to achieve? Because um, a lot of people don't actually take the time to work that out. And then if they don't know why they're doing it, then when it gets tough, it's easier to give up, isn't it? You, you've hit the nail on the head. And um, this is what I do with a lot of my clients. Well, not a lot of them, all of them. In One of their first modules that we work on is um, establishing um, some set goals and also looking at their why. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, you're right, a goal, most people don't even have goals. You know, a lot of people say, I want to lose weight. And the first thing I do when, when I get an email from a um, <clears throat> potential client, so what, how much How much weight, how much do you weigh now? Yeah. How much weight would you like to lose and, and why? And I, when I say why, I mean as in why now and why is this important to you? Um, and what's your real reason behind that? Because it's, it's not people don't want to lose weight because they want to lose weight. They want to lose weight because it's going to give them more energy. They're going to wear better clothes. They're going to feel sexier. They're going to improve their marriage. They're going to – the reason behind that. So you're right. Motivation and goals are all great when the wheels of life and the cogs of life are turning very, very well. When life's sweet, you know – when it's warm, when the weather's good, when the boss is being cool, when money's great, motivation's high. Yeah. What are you going to do when you've got no motivation? Yeah. And that's when the goal and the dirty great reason why comes into play. So rather than having motivation to push you, you need that why, that massive reason why that you've attached some emotion and passion to. Yeah. That's going to pull you as well as you pushing. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And that was exactly for me, you know, once I had, the, you know, the 15 years prior to me not getting any results, you know, over the last six and a half years, since I've had this goal and this desire to do triathlon and now Ironman and all the rest of it, I've always got that in the forefront of my mind. When training gets tough, when it's horrible, when it's cold and it's wet and you don't want to go out, it's like, do I want to turn up to the start line in a crap shape? No, I don't. So get your ass out there and, and get training, you know? So, so yeah, absolutely. I think that that's very, very important. The other thing I want to ask you as well, Gav, is is around time. Now, a lot of us and a lot of the guys in the community, we've all got families, we've all got careers, 
you know life is a a constant juggle isn't it and it's it's, and and your fitness and nutrition is easy to do but it's easy not to do and it's easy to use that yeah that excuse well i just don't have the time so what would you what would you say around that that's a it's a it's a good point but there's um there's an acronym that some of your listeners may not have heard of and that is n-e-a-t neat and non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And basically what that means is it's activities that are non-gym-based or exercise. So people think, you know, I need to go to the gym three times a week or I need to go for a jog three times a week, and that's great. But they beat themselves up when they don't get those sessions done, those planned sessions. But non-exercise activity thermogenesis are things like doing the gardening, playing with the kids. Yep. Um, walking to work, taking the stairs, all these different things instead of taking the lift. It's all these things add up. Mm-hmm. So I really try and show my clients it's great if you can get to the, your planned sessions, three, three for the week. That's awesome. Yeah. But if you can only get two, yet you maybe get off uh, a, st- a stop earlier you know, from the bus or from the tube or walk to work, all these things massively add up. So loads of ways where you can get activity into your lifestyle without actually getting your gym kit on and putting your trainers on because that tends to be the barrier for a lot of people. Is yeah. Because most people that are overweight, um, and, and I'm being completely honest here, they like food far more than they like exercise. That's reality, yeah? Yeah. That's, yeah. And, and that might not be the case for everyone, and I'm not, I'm not saying it is, but the re- reality is most people that have got a lot of weight to lose – tend to not really like exercise that much. So the hardest thing for them is is actually physically, okay, I've got an hour here. Is it a case of opening a can of beer and watching Netflix yeah. or going for a 20-minute jog? And the reality is when it's cold and dark and you're tired, Netflix and a, and a tin of lager is a lot more attractive than lacing the trainers up and just bloody getting out there and doing it. Yeah. So the way I like to you know, help people is – you know, we've got to look at the goals and the why, and we talked about that. But sometimes, you, sometimes you just need to. Sometimes you just need to do it. You need to, you need to just think. You know, regardless of the situation, however I feel, I'm just going to get up and do things. But also be aware that the more active you are as a whole, just in life, that all adds up. Um, yeah, it does. And I think I'm going to give you an example. I've just had a, a conversation with a, an old client of mine. Um, lady called Iris. She probably won't end up hearing this, but she did a six-week uh, training program. I worked with ten girls. I did a group program with ten girls, and um, I say she only lost. She, she lost fifteen pounds in six weeks, which is a great result considering she'd struggled for years losing any weight. Yeah. But she since went on to lose up to four. I think it's forty-two pounds now in six months. But she hasn't worked out because she's got. She had a couple of discs removed from her spine. Okay. A bad spinal problem. The, the point I'm making, all she does is just walk, but she got the calories right and she still lost, you know, over two and a half stone. So yeah. that's um, hopefully some inspiration for any of your guys listening that yeah. exercise is important, for co- of course, but we have to get the calories right. Once you get that, you can still lose weight. Yeah, definitely. I think um, around what you said around the motivation is – once you, once you start to um, get those calories right and you're eating the right calories and you make a little bit of progress, 
one of the biggest things that I found is you have a mindset shift. You have a mindset shift in that you kind of you've made the progress and you're feeling good. You're like, well, I don't want to go back to where I was before. So I'm going to keep on going with, with, with these small little changes that I, I've made. I'm really understanding, you know, what food I should be eating. And it just kind of spurs you on. Now, you probably will know the science behind this. I don't, I'm not particularly au fait with it, but there is obviously a science behind the fact of, I don't know whether it's dopamine or, or, or stuff like that, in, in a sense of once you've, you know, you've dragged yourself out to do whatever you're going to do in terms of exercise or play with the kids or go for a walk. When you come back, you feel so much better, so much clearer in your mind and so much more switched on. 100%. Yeah, and yeah, it really, really uh, the sort of, the sort of philosophy, philosophy of wins. And I, I look at this as um, if someone starts with a simple walk around the block, yeah. that's what it means. It's the hardest step, you know, is that first, that first walk. You go for that one-mile walk because unless you're – physically incapacitated everyone can go for a one mile walk yeah everyone can do that you don't even need to put trainers on or gym kit you can go for a one mile walk now if you did that three times a week the next week you could say well you know this week i'm going to walk two two miles and when you release those hormones you said you got those endorphins being released there's adrenaline there's dopamine and there's that little sense of reward that you come back and think you know what that felt quite good because there's not one person on this planet that doesn't feel good when they do a small amount of exercise because the blood's pumping, oxygen through the brain, through the heart, everything. You do feel invigorated. So yeah. the hardest thing is doing that first walk. But once, you, once you've done one walk, you can do two. Once you've done two miles, you can do five. And, and as you say, you're doing triathlons, you're doing half Ironman, and you can do full Ironman. We're not telling everyone to do that. We're telling everyone to just get moving. And, that, and it's just that first step, isn't it? Yeah. And that and that's the other thing as well, is that you have to find what works for you. What works for, for your mates or your friends might not necessarily work for you. It's, there's definitely not a one size fits all here, I think. But like you've just said, just get moving. Once you're moving, that's half the battle. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you hit the nail on the head. Things have to be fun. And I, I say to my coaching clients all the time, um, if you're if you're doing something and you're not enjoying it, you will do a couple of weeks of it and you, it'll, just, it'll just bite the dust. So if you don't like weight training, I mean, give it a go because we know it's an effective exercise. But if you like lifting weights, lift weights. If you really hate lifting weights, and some people do, yeah, um, go for a run. Like there's a lot of guys that lift weights that don't like running. You know, get on a bike, um, play a sport, play football, play badminton, go play squash, do whatever you enjoy because – Ultimately, if it becomes a chore, it's you're not going to do it. If you enjoy something, regardless of the weather, it's very easy to get out there and do it. Like if you love running, yeah, and it's cold and wet, um, it's still going to be like, oh, do I really want to go outside? But I've, yeah. I've got a run planned. You know, there's be times you're into obviously all three now: running, swimming, and cycling. But there must be times when you think, God, I really don't want to do this run today. Yeah, yeah, there is. If, but you enjoy clearly enjoy running otherwise you wouldn't be doing triathlon yes. but if you hate running literally detest running yeah the chances of you getting out at six in the morning when it's cold and wet yeah. are going to be so slim so you have to you have to find something you enjoy um otherwise you're just not going to get results 
No, definitely. And I think the the other thing that I that I've realised, and and this will obviously depend on how old your kids are, and that's get the kids involved. So so a couple of areas, you know. Um, swimming you know if the kids have got swimming lessons well there's nothing to stop you jumping in the pool beside the swimming lesson and doing a few lengths you don't have to swim miles and miles and miles but again swimming is a low impact all body exercise Um, and and the other thing is is the whole kind of community of park run now you know my boys now do a park run with me they might not run the whole thing but they'll do the whole 5ks and it's just about involving them as well and once they start to see positive effects it can only be good for them and and their future and when they get to adults and realizing that they need to well they don't need to but it's good to to stay fit and healthier well absolutely and 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 we all know this um that kids don't do necessarily do what we tell them they 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 watch they watch us don't they they copy us so being a great role model for the kids i don't know a father out there that doesn't want to be a great role model for the kids just unfortunately a lot of people are not always sure how to be and, no. and if 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 you ask them do you want to be of course i would say every father would say yes of course i want to be the best role model but when if you've got four five six stone to lose yourself whether you like it or not, your son is going to be looking at you and thinking that's okay. Yeah. Now, I'm yeah. not here to judge anyone. I'm not saying you're a bad person because you've got that weight to lose. No, because I spend my life helping guys lose weight. It's just you you just don't know how to do it. But by getting moving, looking at your own diet, when your son, even if he's like three, four, five years old, if he sees you losing weight, yeah. And, and he sees you doing a park run or he sees you getting on a bike, that's going to inspire him to be the best person that he can be because he wants to be like his dad. He wants to be like an old man. And yeah. everyone knows this, but they're just not sure how to do it themselves. So it's just starting very, very slow, just looking at the food, yeah, moving, going for a walk around the block and, and taking your kids with you. That's a great point. I think it's a, it's a great idea. And I think this comes back to the the point that you made um, originally, and that is, you know, there is there is no kind of one there is no kind of one pill you can take, and it's going to fix everything. It's about keeping it simple and keeping it fun. And I think those are the two main mantras that I first got when I when I first connected with with you online. And I think that just it just kind of sums it up, really. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right, then, Gav. So what five key things can could the listeners take away from from this podcast and, and do uh, and do today, do you think? Five key things. OK, let me think about this. So if, if we're we talking in terms of. Um, so, so this you know, could be starting either nutrition or, or fitness. OK, um, I'll give it I'll break it down into nutrition and then exercise. So let's do a couple of points from each one, shall we? So let's look at nutrition first. You have to know the numbers. That is the number one thing. You, and that means you have to track your food and use MyFitnessPal, download it on your phone. Um, you can easily – you can scan foods direct from the packet into your phone and it will tell you exactly what you're eating. Yeah. And do this for two weeks. Then you – so you absolutely need to be then eating – in what we call a deficit and that way it means you're eating less calories than you're burning so that's the number one thing so look at the calories number two the the second part in nutrition you want to focus on protein and there's a great formula that i use 
uh, or have done for years now, um, is the two one one. Uh, you would you probably seen this in, in my emails and newsletter, Darren, at some point. The two one one fat loss uh, formula, and this is the two stands for grams of protein. So it's two grams of protein per kilo of intended body weight, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Okay. Let's say you're 100 kilos. Yeah. Um, yeah, you want to be 80 kilos. You want to lose 20 kilos, which is a, a pretty sort of average goal for a lot of guys. You would take your intended body weight, 80 kilos, times that by two, yep. and that would give you 160 grams of protein per day. That would yep. be the optimal lot. It's a lot of protein, but it's optimal in terms of burning body fat. Secondly, the one is one gram of carbohydrate, and the other one is one gram of fat. So you would look at 80 grams of carbs yep. and 80 grams of fat. And from that, you can work out the calories. Now, this is just a base. Everyone would be slightly different. So we know there's four calories per gram of protein. We know there's four calories per gram of carbohydrate. And we know there's eight, sorry, nine calories per gram of fat. So we can work out the calories. So that's a good start. And then, but the two numbers you really want to pay attention to, the overall calories and okay. the gram of protein. So I tell people to hit the calories. Yeah. And look at the grams of protein. So they're the two things that we need to look at in terms of nutrition. So okay. a couple of points in terms of exercise. So if we're starting at the beginning, ultimately just start start moving. That's that's it. again, of course, it depends on context and depends on where your individual starting point is. If you're a complete beginner, never done anything, go for a walk around the block. That's it. Do not go to the gym and start lifting weights four or five times a week because. In week two, it's not going to happen, and you're going to get injured. So start with a walk around the block. But when you are ready to go to the gym, think about using the whole body every session. Don't go into the gym and start splitting muscle parts up. You know, do do you know chest and arms um, or triceps and biceps? Go in there, use all the muscle groups at once, and focus on the big movements like squats, deadlifts, bench press chin-ups, dips, all these exercises that use more than one muscle group or three muscle groups and more multi-joint compound exercises because they're going to build the most muscle and help burn body fat. So um, that's it in terms of nutrition. And I mean, we've obviously obviously just touched the surface. But if someone alone started, if someone was a complete beginner right now and they had at least a couple of stone to lose, if they tracked their calories and started walking around the block it starts to lose weight. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the funny thing with that, Gav, is is a lot of people listening to this will will be thinking, "What? It's that simple? Can't be that simple." But it actually is. That that's it. And here's the thing: ignore all of these diet plans that come out. If every single diet is designed to do one thing, yeah. and one thing alone, and that's to get you into a calorie deficit. Yeah. Well, and I'm gonna name a few. Few diets you could you could call it the South Beach diet, um, high protein, low carb, um, the cabbage soup diet, the bloody Cambridge diet, the slim fast. Look, there's five or six there of literally a hundred. If you think about it, people lose weight because they eat fewer calories than they burn. So the yeah. diet that I tell people to use is just healthy nutrition principles. There is no diet. There isn't a name for it. It's Controlling the calories, keeping the protein reasonably high, and and moving. So there is no. Unfortunately, it's not sexy. If I wrote a book, no. 
those lines, <laughs> it, it, yeah. would, it would be called um, Watch Your Calories, Get Moving, and it's just not sexy. It's not Hollywood. It's not Hollywood. Hollywood aren't doing it. So ignore all the um, the diet plans that are coming out, um, fancy ideas of this new crazy way to burn body fat. It's just, yeah. So that'd be my advice. Yeah. No. It's yeah, and it and it's great advice. So um, yeah. No. Very very um, very relevant. So um, before we wrap it up, Gav, is there anything that I didn't ask you which you feel um, I should have and would benefit the listeners? Well, um, if people want to get in touch with me direct, um, well, I think we mentioned 80-20 lifestyle earlier on, um, but maybe we could mention my um, the website. And I've, I've got a book. Do, do you know that I've got a book coming out in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, on your podcast with Luke, yeah. You were in the midst of writing one. Yeah, um, so there's a couple of things. So you guys could sort of confine me um, at uh, – www.gavgillibrand.com. So G-A-V, obviously, and then the Gillibrand is G-I-L-L-I-B-R-A-N-D.com. That's just literally migrated over today. And the book, the book should be out in a couple of weeks, and it's particularly it's aimed at guys, I would say, in their 40s with kids that have really struggled, you know, with, with health, their weight, and and it, it kind of goes into more detail about what we talked about today, calorie deficit and the 211 fat loss formula. Um, this is going to be called the GHG method, um, a no bullshit approach to losing body fat, upgrading your mindset and radically changing your life. And that should be out in a couple of weeks, but you'll be able to find that on my website. So, um, Sorry, Gav, I, um, I lost you there. We'll have to obviously cut this out in the recording, but do you want to just start where you was doing Gav, gavgillybrand.com and then we'll um, then then pick it up from there? Did it cut out, did it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, um, gavgillybrand.com, um, you can find me on there. And then um, the book should be coming out in a couple of weeks. It's going to be called The GHG Method. And this is a no bullshit approach to losing body fat, upgrading your mindset, and radically changing your life. People will be able to get look at the book on the website. It'll be everything, and it goes into more detail about what we talked about today: calorie deficit, um, training principles, and all the basics. This is to get someone from the couch to moving into losing body fat, and it's really sort of focused on guys sort of in their late thirties or forties um, yeah. with, with kids, busy, stressed out guys with life in the way. So it'll really help them. Yeah, no, that sounds sounds fantastic. I'll definitely be getting a copy. Have you got a separate website for that, Gav, or that will be on your gavgillybrand.com? It'll be um, on the ghgmethod.com. So it's just okay. ghgmethod.com. Um, and that will, it will be available on there, but also it'll be on gavgillybrand.com as well. Perfect. All right. Well, that's perfect, Gav. It's been, um, it's been great talking to you today. And, uh, yeah, like I said in the beginning, I testament a lot of my um, progress to, to you guys. So I really appreciate that. I really appreciate your time. Um, I'll put the links in the show notes to your to your websites and your book. And uh, yeah, thanks very much for your time, Gav. And hopefully we'll we'll speak again soon. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the invite, Darren. And hopefully listeners have gained a, a few ideas from that. So yeah, my pleasure. Perfect. Thanks, Gav. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening to the Fitter Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe. And I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. 
All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes and a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com. 